if you uh, feel the need to read Obadiah, you can read it in about five, six minutes. It don't take you that long. There's some good stuff in the book of Obadiah. And hopefully, and God being our helper this morning, we'll be able to preach. Uh, thus saith the word. In the book of Obadiah, if you would please stand when you get to Obadiah. And if you ain't got that, that's understandable. It's not something we all look at a lot. Book of Obadiah, verse 10. The Word of God says this, is For thy violence against thy brother Jacob shall cover thee, and thou shalt be cut off forever. In the day that thou stoodest on the other side, and the day that the strangers carried away captive his forces, and foreigners entered into his gates, and cast lots upon Jerusalem, even thou wast one of them. But thou shouldest not have looked on the day of thy brother, in the day that he became a stranger. Neither shouldest thou have rejoiced over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction. Neither shouldest thou have spoken proudly in the day of distress. Thou shouldest not have entered into the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Yea, thou shouldest not have looked on their affliction in the day of their calamity, nor have laid hands on their substance in the day of their calamity. Neither shouldest thou have stood in the crossway to cut off those of his that did escape. Neither shouldest thou have delivered up those of his that did remain in the day of distress. For the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen. As thou hast done, it shall be done unto thee. Thy reward shall return upon thine own head. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together here this morning. We uh, thank you, Lord, for the many blessings you placed upon our lives. And Lord, I just pray that you'll uh, use this scripture this morning, use this uh, book, Lord, that we may uh, understand, Lord, what you're trying to tell us this morning, expound our, our minds, open our hearts, open our ears, Lord, that we may hear uh, what you're trying to teach us, Lord. Continue to watch over us uh, through these holiday seasons and uh, this lead, guide, and direct. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. Now, in the book of Obadiah, uh, we see something going on. It's pretty much uh, a, pro- a pronouncement of the judgment of of the Edomites, of the people that lived uh, here in the city of, of, of Edom. Now, uh, we have to understand some of the things about the Edomites and the Israelites and who they are and how they're related. Uh, a lot of us, uh, sometimes we, we look past that, but it calls it out pretty heavily uh, in the Scripture here about how they're related. But uh, to understand that the Edomites in the city of Edom, they are the descendants of Esau. And the descendants of Esau, we, we know, we look back and study that he had a twin brother named Jacob. And Jacob and Esau was born. And we know, reading from the Scripture, that Esau was the older brother. Uh, we know that a lot of times, for the majority, the older brother uh, got the inheritance. Uh, but in this particular scenario, who got the inheritance? It was Jacob. And we know that Jacob was blessed. We know that he did it sneakily. He fooled his daddy into thinking that he was his brother and gave him the blessing. And run away. There was a lot of family issues in the family of Jacob and Esau. There was a lot of uh, uh, backbiting, a little bit of uh, wrongness. Uh, you can look at it and say, well, it was handled wrong, but it was handled the way that it was intended to be handled. Uh, but we understand that there was some family quarrels here between these two twins. Uh, and we know that these quarrels here led to having the Edomites uh, living here and the children of Israel. Now, to help us understand who that is, uh, uh, Jacob, of course, later had his name changed to Israel. Uh, so these uh, children of Israel and the Edomites are cousins, uh, distant cousins, no doubt, but they are family. 
they are blood related uh, between each other. So when we're reading about these uh, between the Edomites and the Israelites, we see cousins, we see families uh, uh, bickering <laughs> between each other. Uh, there's a bickering between families. And I know nobody here uh, has any kind of bickering or problems between any kind of families. Never, never once have we uh, had any kind of problem uh, come up between families. But we can see a, a very good example between the Edomites uh, and the Israelites and bickering and arguing uh, and not agreeing uh, to a certain extent. So uh, we see at the beginning of where we started to read, uh, in fact, if we back up to uh, to verse uh, 2, we, we see uh, how uh, they were supposed to be called out, how they were different, and, and how they were supposed to uh, have respect in so many ways. Uh, but in the beginning of the book, it states that they had pride in verse 2. It says, because of their pride. And it goes on to say, a lot of the things that the Edomites uh, were maybe going to face or they were going to go through. And we see that this whole judgment, the, the whole reason... Uh, that the Edomites uh, had to go through this persecution it was because of the things they did, because of the pride that they had. The Edomites were a prideful people. And you'll even read the beginning of, the, of this book of Obadiah, that they had a city built up on the side of a mountainside. They had rocks. Uh, uh, they believed that the, the way that it was written, they might have been 200 foot tall, 300 foot high rocks, uh, a mountainside. It was almost impenetrable. Uh, you couldn't get inside that city uh, very easily. You could bring a large army and they would just kill you all as you came up the mountainside. They were protected in so many ways, but that was their weakness. They had all this pride. They were boastful uh, and, no, and no doubt that they were sort of uh, angry and upset because they didn't get the blessings that the children of Israel got. Uh, and we see that when we start in the verse 10, we, so, we see some of the results of being prideful people and having a vengeful heart and having somebody that's a, a jealous in so many ways. It says, For thy violence against thy brother Jacob. Now, I think it's very important to look at that and think. Uh, uh, Jacob, uh, his name has already been changed to Israel. In the Scripture, uh, and no doubt, the Edomites know uh, that they're true. They're the children of Israel. They're the Israelites. Uh, I find it very uh, interesting that when this is written here, uh, that this judgment is called out. This is, you are uh, thy, against thy brother Jacob. Uh, we understand Jacob and Esau. We don't always tie Israel and Esau together uh, because they weren't born together with those names. But we see the name called out. I see a, a showing of family issues when they see this. For thy violence against thy brother Jacob shall co co cover thee, and thou shalt be cut off forever. Now, in so many ways, what he's trying to say is not really uh, Jacob and Esau. It's trying, to, it's trying to point out to us that there is a problem within the family. There is a problem, uh, family bickering. Uh, you mistreated your family is what he's trying to tell the Edomites. The Edomites, you have mistreated blood, your family, the people you should be close to. And if you read back in some of the Old Testament, I think it's a very interesting that you'll find a lot of times that when God's giving direction to the children of Israel, uh, He says to pay respect to the Edomites. Uh, he said you shouldn't have any quarrels with them. You should be nice to them. Uh, uh, your blood, you should take care of them. Now, we specifically see uh, some of these things that are done uh, throughout this whole thing. Now, in verse 11, uh, it says, In the day that thou stoodest on the other side, in the day that the strangers carried away captive his forces... Now, 
we'll see and we know that the children of Israel were overthrown. They had a lot of different battles and they went through a lot of different things and they lost battles, they won battles, but they definitely lost. They were definitely caught captive by Babylonian captivity. And we see here that when he's calling out the Edomites, it says, In the day that thou stoodest on the other side, in the day that the strangers carried away captive his forces, and foreigners entered into his gates and cast lots upon Jerusalem, even thou wast one of them. Now what is it trying to say to the Edomites? Now it says that you were up on your hillside, and you saw the children of Israel being overthrown, being blood-related. Your family was going through suffering times. And what does it say? In that day, and that day thou stoodst on the other side. What does that really mean? What does it, it means that they, they saw the things that were going on and they decided that we're going to stay out of this. They're going through hard times. They're being overthrown. They're being all these horrible things are happening to the children of Israel. And they stood back from a distance and they watched a train wreck. They watched destruction. Uh, uh, they watched all these horrible things happening within the city and they said, That's not my circus. <laughs> That's not my problem. When really, today, we have to realize that we have different Christian brothers and sisters. We have a family of Christ. We have a family of believers. And I don't care what denomination you are or what particular belief, but if they're Christian today and they believe in Jesus Christ, uh, we have a family of believers that we should love, that we should cherish, that we should call, we should visit, we should get together with them. I want you to realize that when this is talking about this family here, it was a family that was blood-related. And there's no other way to think about how we're blood-related to all the Christians of this world through the blood of Jesus. It doesn't matter how we believe. They were put up on that hillside and they believed a little differently than the Israelites. But they were blood. And what does it say? They stood and they watched. They stayed out of it. They had common enemies. Definitely who they were overthrown by was probably going to overthrow them eventually, but they said, well, not my monkey, not my circus. I'm going to stay out of this. In Deuteronomy 23.7, it says, Thou shalt not abhor an Edomite, for he is thy brother. Thou shalt not abhor an Egyptian, because that was a stranger in his land. Even back in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 23, we see that he's telling the children of Israel, don't have quarrels with them. Don't have problems with the Edomites. Don't, ha don't have any kind of issues between them. They're your brother. It was never designed for the children of Israel to have a problem with the Edomites. It was never. Even if it was a brother's, they had a falling out, and we see family problems and issues, the Bible never tells us until a certain point that they turned their back on them, the Edomites did, that they were going to be judged. But... When Israel was attacked, what did the Edomites do? When the Israel was attacked, the Edomites stood by and they watched. We have to think about the story of the Good Samaritan. When the Levite came by, he just watched. When the priest came by, he just watched. When somebody came by that was the Good Samaritan, he came by, he invested his time, he made sure that they were okay, he brought them to the end, he gave them his own money, he went out of his way to take care of them, didn't know who he was, didn't have a clue of where he came from. But the Edomites were blood-related to the Israelites and left them out to dry. They said, well, that's just a happening. Do we say that's none of our business when we see people suffer? Do we say it serves them right? Do we say that, well, it must be God's plan? I've heard that. 
It must be God's plan for them to go through that suffering time when we can step in and help them. We can step in and, and be that shoulder to cry upon. We can be that help. In Galatians 6, 2, it says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens. Now, Edomites, were the Edomites bearing uh, the burdens of their cousins, of their family? No, they stood by and were watching. In verse 12, in the first part of it, it says, But thou shouldst looked should not have looked on the day of thy brother and the day that he became a stranger. Looked on the day. Once again, they were looking. They were looking from a distance. They saw what was going on. They said, it's not my problem. They turned their back on them. And once again, we see that thou shouldest not have looked on the day of thy brother. Looked on the day. You know, the Edomites, I believe, what they did was they saw what was going on and how the Bible tries to say that they looked on the day of thy brother. I like to think that they were on that hillside and they heard a commotion. And instead of looking over and, you know, obviously they knew what was going on, they stopped and looked, but I believe they went even further that it says they looked on the day. I believe they went down the hillside and got a little closer and wanted to see what was going on down there. They wanted to know. Well, there's a commotion going on. There's uh, people fighting. There's a war down there. Let's get a little closer. Let's listen. Let's look. Let's look on the day. Now, I'd like to think that they were going through tragedy. The Israelites were going through a hard time. But instead, uh, the Edomites came down the hill and just wanted to look. Gaze. Wanted to take it in a little bit. Why do you think the Edomites would have wanted to do that? Because of all the years of oppression. Because they didn't have what the Israelites had. The jealousy, the rage, even their own family. You know, the Christians do this too. Hey, Christians, we, we rubberneck in traffic, don't we? There's an accident, what do we do? Accidents don't, don't slow down traffic most of the time. You know what slows down traffic? Everybody doing this. Everybody looking. Everybody wants to look. Everybody wants to know. Everybody uh, wants to uh, have gossip. Put it on Facebook quicker than anybody else. Uh, spread the news. The Edomites were no different. They seen Israelite getting overthrown. So, oh, let's get down there. Let's get down there and see what's going on so we can make sure we tell everybody. Let's go down there and gaze upon them. And let's go back. You know, there's nothing worse than when you make a mistake and everybody's staring at you. The Edomites came down and stared at them. They didn't hesitate to go down and kick them while they're down. Let's go look. In so many ways, when it says that they looked on the day, in so many ways that means they looked down on them. They came down and they said, that's probably what they get. That's what they deserve. In the next part of chapter of verse 12, it says, Neither shouldest thou have rejoiced over the children of Judah in the days of their destruction, neither shouldest thou have spoken proudly in the day of distress. Now the Israelites, if you study, they had many, many victories. They had made it to the promised land. They had been blessed. The Edomites had had a back seat to it. The Edomites had uh, survived in so many ways. And they were rejoicing over their brother that had fallen. They were rejoicing. Now, it's sad today that if we see a Christian that is struggling and we rejoice. You say, Zach, I'd never do that. I say that we've probably been guilty of it. We see somebody that's suffering and we say, yeah, 
They deserve that. It's about time they paid for their sins. It's about time those chickens come to roost. It's about time something happened. Hey, we're, we're guilty of these things. And even as the children of Israel and the Edomites had these problems and the children of Israel were overthrown, the Edomites rejoiced because of the suffering of the children of Israel. It's sad today that Christians will rejoice when somebody is struggling. Does it make them feel better about themselves? Does it make you feel closer to God? When somebody falls into sin, does it make you feel better about your own sin that makes you happy? They're, you're guilty. <laughs> I don't have to call each and every one of you out. I don't have to write down what all of you done. I know that you've experienced these things. It's all throughout the Bible. Even with the Edomites and the Israelites, we fall and we make mistakes. In verse 13, it says, Thou shouldest not have entered into the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Yea, thou shouldest not looked on their affliction in the day of their calamity, nor have laid hands on their substance in the day of their calamity. Not only, think about this now, not only did the Edomites come down, stand by and not do anything, watch them and stare at them, not only did they gossip about what was going on, but when it was going on, it was done. What did the Edomites do? They came into the city and they either stole everything or they bought everything for nearly nothing because the children of Israel were in trouble. Thou shouldest not enter into the gate of my people during their calamities. Now, I've seen it, I've experienced it, I, I, I've been around it, and I know probably you have too. We see somebody struggling. Somebody starts to sell off everything they got, and everybody wants it for a penny on the dollar. They feel like they're doing somebody a good deed by giving them 10 cents for something that's worth a dollar. They think so many ways. Now, I, I, that may hurt your feelings today, church. You may know somebody that's done it, and you may have done it yourself, uh, but the Bible shows us that's wrong. The Bible shows us not to go into our family, not to go into our blood related, not to go into the people that we love and take and steal and lay hands on their substance. Now, a lot of people act like they've done them some kind of great favor with that, but it's not. It's wrong. If we can think of different ways that we lay hands on people's substance when they're going through a hard time, church, we have to do better with that. In verse 14, it says, Neither shouldest thou have stood in the crossway to cut off those that did escape, neither shouldest thou have delivered up those that did remain in the day of distress. Now, they stood by, they did nothing, they gossiped, they rejoiced when they fell, they, sold their, they bought their possessions from them for nearly nothing or, or stole everything from them. They, the Edomites did horrible things to the children of Israel, but this one takes the cake to me. This one is bad. They went into the city, and because you went in and found some of the Israelites that were hidden, what did they do to them? And so we can gather from this piece of Scripture that when they found the children of Israel in the city, they turned them over to the people that invaded. And if they found them down the road a little ways down, they caught them and brought them back into captivity too. They went way beyond anything they should have done. They, they took and persecuted them for no reason. The people that had escaped, they even made sure that they were punished. How bad is that? When I read that, 
I immediately thought of somebody that had went out in the world and had sinned, and somebody saw them, and the first person they have to call is the preacher. <laughs> that's what I thought of. As soon as I read that, I said, that's that person that went out and did this that they wasn't supposed to do, and they had probably already cleaned up, everything was already right, but they had to call somebody and let somebody know. Can you believe so-and-so did so-and-so? How many of us are guilty of having that type of personality? How many of us have done that in our lives? You probably have. You might not recall it right now, but you probably do. We've seen something and we said, they shouldn't have done that. I'm going to call cousin so-and-so. I'm going to call the preacher. I'm going to call this person. They went out and they struggled and they went through all these things and these are blood-related people that had a falling out and there's, there's no other person that can hurt you worse than who? Family. Family can hurt you worse than anybody in the world. And right here with the Edomites and the Israelites, uh, even if they escape the captivity, Edomites going to capture you and drag you down there and you're going to go into captivity. If you make it down the road a little ways, they're going to catch you down there and turn you into captivity. How cutthroat, how bad. The biggest concern that I have for the Edomites, if you really read how they behaved and how they acted, they didn't care. That's what I get. And you may get something different. You may read this and understand this a little differently. But the biggest thing I see with the Edomites is they did not care. They didn't care if that person got persecuted. They didn't care if they got put in captivity. They didn't care if they died. They didn't care. Now, as a Christian today, I want you to realize something. You should care. You should. You should love people enough. You should care for people enough that you should not want to do any of the things that the Edomites did. You say, Zach, I don't think I would do any of those things. I'm going to tell you, you probably have. And you may not have stood down on a battlefield and seen somebody get overthrown, but you've seen somebody going through struggles and you didn't do nothing. You've seen somebody struggling and you just decided to stare and watch and make sure you could tell somebody else. You may have seen somebody struggling and make sure that everybody knew about it and they were persecuted whether they liked it or not. A lot of this church are guilty of being like the Edomites. We're angry people. We're vengeful people. We don't think we've been blessed enough and the children of Israel have been blessed. We see somebody doing something so well and we get angry. They didn't care if they starved. They didn't care if they lost all their possessions. They didn't care if they didn't get any of their stuff back. They didn't care. Today, church, we have to care. We do. Christmas time's approaching. All these different things. It's getting cold outside. All these different people that are going without heat, these families that are suffering with no power, we have to care. We have to. We can't be like the Edomites and just stand here and watch. Make sure that everybody knows. Why? Why do we have to not do that? Because of verse 15. It says, For the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen, as thou hast done. I don't want to be labeled a heathen. I don't want to be like those people. It shall be done unto thee. That reward shall return upon thine own head. Most of us have heard the golden rule. They're pretty much taking different pieces of Scripture and twisting it around. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I don't think I can find that exactly worded anywhere. But that's pretty much what he's trying to tell the Edomites. You're going to get what you gave. You're going to reap what you sow. You're going to have returned unto you what you've given. 
If we've been mean, if we've gossiped, if we backbed, if every time somebody does something bad, we have to tell everybody, it's going to come right back to you, church. We have to be a loving, caring people. I'm telling you what, if, if a church today, if we love and we care as much as we can, we'll have the love and care return to us. Uh, uh, people will love each other. The Edomites had all these different issues and problems. But I think if the Edomites would have just went down there and been nice to the children of Israel, the children of Israel were already told to be nice to the Edomites. Uh, I believe God would have pronounced judgment a little worse on the Israelites uh, if they wouldn't have. But we have to understand something. Between those two and being blood kin and being family, they didn't care. They did not care. They have to love. I don't think that anybody here would behave like this. I don't, I don't think you would. But I think you can. I don't think you would knowingly act like an Edomite. I, I don't think you would. But I think that you could. I know that I can. Because <laughs> I have before. I've acted like an Edomite. And I believe if we're honest with ourselves, we could all say that we've acted like Edomites. We've all had jealous rages. We've all had uh, different opinions. We've all spread gossip. We've all uh, stood by and watched train wrecks happen and not step in and help. We've all had these different opportunities to serve. The Edomites had an opportunity to go down and care. Even, even though they stood by, the people that were left... They could have went down and give them food, give them shelter, and helped them. So we know everybody here got put into captivity. We're going to help you. No. I got rid of all of them. I don't understand why the Edomites did that. I do. It was family issues, and it was bitterness, and it was hate, and we all have went through it. But we have to realize today, when we look at this, is can we not be like the Edomites? Can we care? Can we love? Can we go beyond anything that we have to do? Uh, can we see somebody that's struggling and go help them? Can we, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, if somebody is struggling, can you care? Can you care enough not to be like an Edomite? As they get a verse of some song ready this morning. Can we care? Can we love? Can we look at our brothers and sisters in Christ? Can we look around in our church? Can we look at pew to pew? Can we uh, think of the people that aren't here? Can we think of what we need to do for them? Can we go out of our way? Instead of looking and watching and gossiping, can we go in and help? The Edomites stood back, was angry, didn't do anything, caused a lot of issues. Eventually, the Edomites, we know, are overthrown. The Edomites were destroyed, wiped out. I mean, they're just torn all to pieces because of how they chose to live. They didn't care. Can we care for people this morning? What page you got, sister? 410. Page 410.